Hi there, welcome to the Kane Violation. I'm Sam Kane, the host of the show. Every week I pick on two NBA teams and tell you why they are not winning the NBA Finals. No sir, the best player on your team will not be holding the Larry O'Brien Trophy in June. At least this year. This week the two teams are the Chicago Bulls and the Los Angeles Lakers. Let's start with the Bulls. No transactions since I last covered the team. I mean, they waived a couple guys who are on non-guaranteed contracts. Noah Vonley. No one cares about Noah, though. They are 7-11. and 11. Kobe White, Wendell Carter, and Patrick Williams. Keep them. Everyone else on the roster. Trade them for whatever you can. I'd say Zach Levine and Lori Markkinen should be traded for at least a decent first-round pick. But the others, trade them for any any asset. Second-rounder, who cares if you have to take on a bad contract? You guys have had a bad contract on your books for four years. And Cristiano Felicio, 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 guys, what are we doing here? What are we doing? Competing for the play-in tournament? Give me a break! You're a $3 billion franchise. You don't need the extra money from a first-round exit. You need Cade Cunningham. Cade Cunningham. Jalen Suggs. Jalen Green. Heck, Jalen Wilson. Draft picks. Get them. Do it now. Zach Levine, look, are you guys worried he's going to be the next Harden if you trade him? He won't be. He's also a free agent in 2022, so he can leave if he wants. You know who wouldn't be afraid to give up a couple first-rounders? The Clippers. Problem is, I don't think they have any. Maybe the Nuggets. Look, whatever you guys do, do not extend Zach Levine. I mean, he's 25, so he's young. Air quote, young. Your real future core. Pat Williams, 19. Kobe White is 20. Wendell Carter is 21. You guys want to get players that are closer to their age. If you guys get a good trade package with picks and guys in their early 20s who have big-time potential, you take it. Yes, Levine might end up uh, lighting it up on another team, maybe making a deep playoff run someday, which he hasn't come close to sniffing in his entire seven-year career. Maybe he ends up winning a ring in his early 30s. That might be. But you know what? It won't be with your team. It will not be with the Chicago Bulls. It'll be because he got paired with other players his age that hold him accountable. No more shooting when there's 22 seconds left on the shot clock. All I'm saying is don't be afraid of trading him or Laurie Marketing. So the Bulls went... Zero for two for the week. I thought they were going to go one and one. I was ready to give them some praise for their fourth quarter comeback last night. 
But instead, I witnessed Lillard hit yet another Dagger 3 live. I saw this live, and I'm so glad I saw this live because I was switching back and forth between this game and the Lakers and Celtics game. And let me tell you, it is so much better seeing it live. Ugh. It's the third time I've seen it. I saw Lillard hit that uh, Houston dagger three in the playoffs, and I, of course, saw the, the Paul George shot live. Damian Lillard, oh, my God. Most likable superstar in the league. That's what I'd say. Seriously. Like, how can you not like Damian Lillard? I mean, if he shoots a dagger three on your team, yeah, yeah against your team, yeah, he's just, you're not going to like him, but... Yeah, he's great. Um, anyways, yeah, one of the Bulls games got canceled this week. It was uh, whoever they were going to play Wednesday. What were they going to play? The Wizards, probably? Who knows? The Spurs? I don't know. It got canceled regardless. But first, let's look at the Celtics-Bulls game. This was on Monday. Really wasn't a close game at all for the Bulls. One thing I noticed is that the Bulls have a lot of uh, veterans coming off the bench. Thad Young, Garrett Temple, Thomas Sadoransky, and Otto Porter Jr. Uh, Sadoransky, Porter Jr., former teammates on the Wizards. Um, yeah, I mean, Otto Porter, Sadoransky, I, I guess you call them veterans at this point. Sado is pretty decent. He had a real nice pass to Thad Young. Cutting to the basket early in the game. Now, I mentioned this in an earlier podcast uh, for the Bulls to you know trade their uh, their uh, veterans that are on big salaries for DeRozan, uh, Demar DeRozan, Lamarcus Aldridge, and Rudy Gay from the Spurs. You know, but that that was anticipating that the Spurs were going to be really bad this year. The Spurs are actually not terrible. They are in the top eight in the West, and uh, they also seem to be very against making trades uh, going from the past, what, 20 years or so? So it's unlikely that that's going to happen. Um, my big takeaway from the Celtics game, the Bulls are just not on the same page. Levine is just not a good shot selection at all he commits a lot of turnovers apparently he has the worst plus minus in the league um this dude he he misses a wide open cutting to the basket kobe white and instead dribbles out to the three-point line and takes a marcus smart contested three with 20 seconds left on the shot clock and of course he bricks it I'm not even a Bulls fan, and that pissed me off. Dude, you've been in the league for nearly seven years now. This is unacceptable. And and really, that just kind of sums up the game because they weren't they weren't close at all at any point. And then they didn't play for nearly a week. They played last night against the Blazers. Early on, the 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 Bulls just could not guard uh, Ennis Cantor at all. Can't play Cantor. He was tearing them up. What is up with the Bulls in mismatches? How many times are they going to let Kobe White or Zach Levine guard Cantor one-on-one? 
Like, was it a strategy to take the ball out of Lillard's hands, knowing that Cantor's going to try and make a shot over them instead of kicking it out to the three-point line? I don't know, but it wasn't very effective because uh, Cantor just kept scoring on them with ease. I mean, I, I like Kobe White. I kind of saw him as like the stop-and-shop brand Trey Young. Northeast fans will get that one. But, dude, you should not be guarding six eleven centers. Someone needs to come and help on that play. Just, the, the, you got all the, the other four players on the team just watching as Cantor's backing down Kobe White. Someone run towards Cantor. Help him out. This isn't hard stuff. Come on. Levine was... Uh, Hitting shots, but you know, of course, he's also missing bad ones because that's that's just the way it goes with them. At one point during the Bulls broadcast, they were showing like crayon drawing pictures of Bulls players made by little kids. I was uh I was waiting for them to show the Levine uh, picture of him like uh, cheerfully smiling, bricking a three. Then you have like a little shot clock in the corner, twenty two seconds to go. You know, maybe it has his uh, advanced plus-minus stats as well. And then uh, off in the distance, there's a, bl- a broken Lexus window smashed with a basketball next to it. Zach's head would have, like, a word balloon that says, It's okay, I have the money to pay for it. I'm surprised they keep uh, cars. It's very dangerous for the Bulls to be keeping cars in the United Center when you get Zach Levine shooting just insane shots insane shots like Lillard shoots insane shots but as we've seen he makes them he makes them they should move all the cars to the side of the court of the other team or the bulls basket I don't know How, how do you how do you explain whose basket it is well, I guess if uh, you tip the ball in your own basket like uh, Robert Williams and Daniel Tice did last night. So, yeah, no, it's got to go. The the Those Lexuses are nice that they have in the United Center. They need to go on whatever basket the Bulls are not shooting on. Because we got some crazy, some crazy kids throwing the rock. Rocks break windows. Jesus Christ. That was a terrible bit. Um, look, um, it looked like, for the most part, the Blazers had control of the game. Then it appeared that the game was over when the Blazers were up 88-70 uh, at one point in the third. Then towards the end of the third, heading into the fourth, Lorian Levine... They just kind of willed the Bulls back into the game. Thad Young helped as well. Now, earlier in the game, Thad Young stole the ball from Cantor, dribbled up the court all the way to the basket, and gone and won the layup. For the love of God, Bulls fans, your front office is a failure if you don't have some kind of first-round draft pick by the end of this week. Sell high on Ennis Cantor. Now is the time. Same with Laurie Markadon. Show the Clippers front office highlights from this game. Just a 
don't show them the last play. Just just show them show them highlights from the end of the third and uh, the first half of the fourth. Actually, I don't think the Clippers have many picks. So you know, better off show show the Nuggets. Show the Nuggets. They're they're going all in this year. They're probably going to look to trade Will Barton, Gary Harris. Maybe I don't know. Are they any good? I haven't watched a Nuggets game in a while. Anyways, we all know what happened. Lillard hits two threes with less than 30 seconds to go. Levine, uh, letting them get that uh, jump ball is atrocious. Some of the Bulls fans were saying he was fouled. Eh. I mean, if he was, it wasn't egregiously. So, you know, and then you got Laurie Marketed. Dude, come on, man. What are you doing? He's running in the complete opposite direction of Levine as soon as he sees Zach about to get double teamed. Like, why wouldn't you run over to help him? I mean, Levine also, Levine could have just lied flat on the floor with the ball tucked between his balls and between his legs, I guess. I don't know. I, you probably can't fit a basketball between your balls. Um, you just could have lied on the ball, and they would have won because it was less than 10 seconds left, so it's not like you're going to get a backcourt violation. Like, come on, Zach. You're not a kid anymore. You can't let this stuff happen. can't let these dumb turnovers, jump balls happen. You're a veteran now. I don't care how old you are. You're 25. You're a veteran in my eyes. Um, so, I don't know, Bulls fans, zero chance you're winning the finals in the next couple years, and stop, stop saying Laurie and Zach are untouchable, because the only thing untouchable for them is the Larry O'Brien Trophy next team, the Los Angeles Lakers! No notable moves, they are 15-6, and six, third place in the West, God, I so badly just wanted to clown this team this week. If they ended up going one and three, then I'd have free reign, especially if the Celtics beat them. But nope. I have to somewhat praise the Lakers because Kemba Walker now can't hit the jumper that he's hit thousands of times in the past. So where to start with the Lakers here? Uh, Well, there was the Cavs game on Monday. I think I've said this before on here, but I wouldn't be surprised if Andre Drummond is the Lakers center maybe next year or the year after. I think uh, he fits very well with this team. Although I just checked and saw that Montrez Harrell's uh, near $10 million contract is guaranteed. For next year, so I guess it depends on if Harold ends up uh, helping them out in the playoffs or not. I saw Anthony Davis and Andre jo- uh, Drummond smiling at each other. They were uh, they were chatting during the game, just saying, just saying, they might be buds. Uh, Marcus all had a terrible game. Played about ten minutes. He just he looks old now. Um. His IQ, it's it's literally what keeps him on the court. 
because he's not doing too much else. Harold is really a difference maker for you guys, I'd say. Um, you know, there was a there's a point in the game where LeBron's at the line, shoots it, misses the free throw. Harold rebounds it, throws it out to KCP, who sinks a three. Like it's stuff like that that really changes the swing of things. That was that could have easily just been a rebound. He got that rebound. He was by Drummond when he got that rebound. So, you know, he is a difference maker. Yeah, maybe Dwight Howard does that last year, but, dude, Dwight Howard's annoying. Why would the Lakers want to deal with that? Clearly, uh, that's why they didn't bring him back. Well, I don't know. Maybe they did like him. I don't know what the the scoop was on that. Um, But Harold and Schroeder, Dennis Schroeder, they look hungry. They want to win. They want to make the finals. They haven't really been close before. I think Dennis Schroeder might have made the conference finals earlier in his career. But, uh, no, they've never been close to the finals. So, this is their chance. Um, God, it's insane... How quickly LeBron can just, just you know, change the swing of a game. So the Lakers scored 28 points in the fourth. Who scored 21 of them? LBJ. It's just insane how quick he can take over. So, yeah, that Cavs win, that was a pretty easy W for the Lakers. Then on Wednesday, they play the Sixers. Marcus Saul actually looked good to start off this one. First shot of the game was a made three from Gasol. Of course, Doris Burke was all over this guy, praising how smart of a veteran he was. It's like, Jesus, we all love Marcus All. I even have a Marcus All Memphis jersey, and he's killed the Celtics plenty of times. I, I, his brother beat us in the finals, but, you know... I like him, but Doris, we, he's not having a great season. You uh, you don't have to go on these uh, these rants. Um, Gasol and Embiid were really jawing at each other during the game. You guys see that? Gasol got an early tech for it. There's some history between these guys. We can't forget the 2019-7 game Eastern Conference semifinal series between the Raptors and Sixers. These two have uh, been in some hard-fought battles. Let me tell you, that was that was probably one of the best playoff series of last decade. I mean, seven-game series to end the way it did. That w- that was pretty good. That and. Uh, Obviously, the Cavs Warriors the second time they face each other. That was that was a uh, pretty awesome, as Chris Farley would say on the Chris Farley show. Um, so uh, yeah, LeBron also got away with a flagrant foul on Embiid. You know, he didn't want to get dunked on by Embiid, so he pushes Joel midair. The refs give LeBron the king treatment. Um. Yeah, you know, he, he he just gently pushed Joel, you know, midair. 
was Joel's flying to the basket, you know, because that's not going to do anything, right? No, it knocked him down on his ass. It knocked down a guy with a bad back on his ass, LeBron. Why did you do that? LeBron, why why did you do that? Is it is it because Embiid doesn't want to hang out with you during the off season? Is it because he didn't want to act with Porky Pig in Space Jam 2? Oh man, Joel's gone rogue in LeBron's eyes. Like how dare Joel not want to come over and try Savannah's cooking? So what does LeBron do? He knows Joel gets injured easily. So this is his opportunity. I'm kidding. But, yeah, I guess LeBron just did because he didn't want to put... Uh, he didn't want to get put on a poster. But, uh, you know, what the hell, man? Come on, refs. I know it's LeBron, but you gotta tee this guy up. Karma bit them, though. Harris hit that jumper to win the game. It's all about the switch. All about the switching. Tobias Harris. Got Alex Caruso the switch on him. Caruso was guarding Seth Curry. LeBron was on Harris. Get the switch. Now you got Caruso. Now Caruso's not a bad defender, but Harris has about 40 pounds and a few inches on him, so... Yeah, getting off a nice clean jumper wasn't a problem. That's a difference. That's a difference. Um, so that was a loss, and we uh, we had Detroit. That was in a chippy game. You had uh, Markeith Morris and Isaiah Stewart jawing at each other at one point, and then almost simultaneously had uh, Seku and uh, Montrez Harrell chirping at each other too. Um, KCP commits one of the most blatant, flagrant fouls imaginable on poor Mason Plumley towards the end of the game. Now, this may have been what gave the Pistons momentum, and you know the Pistons, like, their record's a joke, but the players themselves are not. I mean, Jeremy Grant, Mason Plumley, Blake Griffin, Wayne Ellington, Derek Rose, heck, even DeLon Wright... These guys, they've been around. Don't think they'll give up that easily. These guys were hitting shots in the fourth and pulled away. Yeah. And LeBron, you know, he's acting a little cute. Don't get cute with me, as Robert De Niro would say in The Irishman. He, hey, LeBron's cockiness can just be off the charts sometimes. The way he ran off the court during this one timeout, almost as if he was trolling the Pistons. You know, la di da, the game is going so well in the King's Court. Truthfully, we need a player just to clock LeBron right in the jaw. <coughs> okay, that was violent. But seriously, we need another. Nazi Muhammad moment. I don't know if this will ever happen since most guys, you know, they don't want to burn bridges with the oh-so-well-connected LeBron, you know. Him owning an age, uh, a, a freaking sports agency, you know, that's not a major conflict of interest at all. 
But, you know, the league turns the blind eye because it's LeBron and he makes them lots and lots and lots and lots of money. Look, if Ricky Davis tried starting a sports agency back in 2001 where his good buddy was becoming an agent to players across the league, ooh, I, uh, I think there would uh, be some problems that would arise there. I think, uh, I think David Stern would have to bring down the hammer on that one. Okay, I'm hitting my desk too much. Listen, guys, all I'm saying is don't be surprised if we get a Lance Armstrong-type story shock the world someday in the next decade. You know what I mean by that. Anywho, last night the Celtics played the Lakers. Um, and yeah, that game was something. It seemed close, but hey, it seemed like the Lakers always had the game. They just kind of, it just didn't seem like a game the Celtics were going to pull out. And what do you know? I was right. I mean, when not just one, but both of your centers accidentally tip the ball into their own basket in the same game, not a good sign. In fact, we probably win the game if one of those accidental tippins doesn't happen. Oh, I gotta say, I guess um, I guess it's ESPN that set it up, but I love the camera angle that they had in the fourth quarter. They experimented with this in the bubble a little bit, where the camera's on a track, and it uh, it follows the players courtside as they uh, as they dribble up. You know, it's like we're we're right next to them, but we're on a track, and we're just we're going along with them. The camera's staying on them as they dribble up. It's a really cool angle. I I like that they um that they did this in the bubble. Now they didn't put one of these tracks in um all of the the stadiums, um all of the team stadiums across the league. I mean, I'm sure that would have been expensive, but it seems like ESPN will try and set up some kind of track to do these types of shots whenever uh whenever it's one of their games. So they did this last night. And there was a really cool moment where um, it, they, uh, it was uh, the Celtics. They missed the shot, and Lakers get the rebound. It was LeBron who gets the rebound. And um, they, were, they were at this angle when the Celtics were dribbling the ball up the court. Uh, like I said, Celtics miss. LeBron rebound. Instead of the camera cutting to the regular angle... It stays on this side uh, tracking shot, and it follows LeBron as he dribbles up the court. And I thought that was a really cool choice from the uh, television director to to not cut back. You know, just it kept the the camera on LeBron, and uh, I mean it was perfect because the ball never swung to the opposite side of the court. So the camera was on one side and LeBron was on the same side as the camera. So we were completely focused on LeBron going one-on-one. And, you know, of course LeBron sinks a three because, you know, of course, that's just what he does. Whatever. Um, I just thought it was cool, though. I like that 
they're experimenting with the camera angles as, uh, you know, we have no to very little fans in the building throughout this time period. But, you know, honestly, screw this game. Screw it! Lakers, you beat us. Anthony Davis is good. LeBron is good. Yeah, yeah. Caruso. Ooh. Whatever. Um, yeah, you know, maybe we'll see you guys in, uh, June or July, whenever the hell the finals is this year. Was it going to be in August? Maybe. Um, but in terms of the roster, I'd say the only untouchable guy, and I'm sure the Lakers fans will agree with me on this, is Taylor Horton Tucker. Lakers fans would trade LeBron or AD before they give up Taylor Horton Tucker, the future MVP of the league. I mean, did you see the way he would he would dribble up to the basket and get a layup? My God, I was getting Abdul Nader vibes. <laughs> no, but I'd say uh, Kuzma's probably the guy who they might end up trading. Maybe, probably not. It's it's kind of hilarious that they made him untouchable <laughs> in the Pelicans trade. Like, all right, we'll give you all our picks. We'll give you all our young guys. But not Kuzma. No, no, no. This guy, man. This guy, man. He uh, he kind of looks like Ben Simmons, you know? He's a good-looking dude, you know? He uh, he fits well with the, the, the Los Angeles feng shui. Okay, I don't think that made any sense. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe you should have kept Brandon Ingram. <laughs> Maybe you should have made him untouchable. Uh, but they didn't They didn't want to pay Ingram, though. No, 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 no. Don't pay Ingram. Um, yeah. Uh, they have the uh, Lakers. You guys have an open roster spot. So I'm sure you'll get a buyout guy or two. And then, of course, you have Quinn Cook, Alfonso McKinney, and uh, Jared Dudley at the end of the bench. They're not in the rotation, so, uh, you know, if a few uh, good buyout guys become available, then, uh, yeah, I would not be afraid to waive any of those guys. Now, I'm sure LeBron is buds with Quinn Cook and Jared Dudley. So, uh, Alfonso McKinney, see you later, you know. Probably better off having, uh, like, uh, Rondé Hollis-Jefferson on the team. You know, Alfonso McKinney, is he any good? I don't think he is. I don't think so. I haven't seen him play much. Um, but that's it. Get better, Marcus Smart. Apparently it's only a calf strain, thank God. Um, yeah, that's it. Talk to you guys next week.